Hello and welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. We're at episode 682. This is being recorded on June 22, 2022. I'm 22. Plus... I'm Jeremy Hilster. 18. I'm uh, the... The the rumors of my demise have been... Greatly exaggerated? Greatly exaggerated? Yeah, I'm Josh right here. The Josh style innuendo, we sort of kind of missed out on that. I miss him losing his breath during Beat Red laughing at one of his own jokes. I'm uh, slightly more orange this evening. I'm going to be Brett Van Spurnberg. <laughs> yeah, there was huge controversy before the show as to whether Brett was too orange or too magenta. magenta. Or- orange man, green. bad. Green. Yeah. <laughs> Cyan, orange man, bad. We'll let you Cyan, decide. green. You can support the show <laughs> and podcast distribution by going to patreon.com slash pcper. And there you will find that you can access an exclusive community of PC Perspective stalwarts. Is that the right word? I'm not sure. But we're going to move. Thankfully, after a week off, Josh is back. And we're going to go to the Food with Josh segment. I dare not call it Burger of the Week because of what he's been up to lately. It's not a Burger of the Week. No, we, we, we did something a little different. They did something a little different. This one's called the Heart Attack. There was no gravy involved. So, you know, I, I can't, uh, can't say that it was that much of a heart attack, but it was still really good. It was a all beef, hot dog, nicely done in a thick bun, covered in fried chicken chunks spread about with some really tasty blue cheese. And then all of that covered in hot buffalo sauce. So, yes, this was the heart attack. And it was good. And the fries were good. I'm all happy about that. Yeah, it was, you know what? You should try it someday. Because it's not a huge hot dog guy, but this is really good. Filled me up. Sounds bad. Let's move to our first news story. And of course, it has to be Intel Arc, always dominating the news these days. And we're talking about a desktop GPU this time, not the mobile stuff. This is the A380 desktop GPU and some independent gaming tests have been released. And it's outperformed by a Radeon RX 6400. Though very impressive in the synthetic testing, by the way. In TimeSpy, it outperforms the 6400 and even the 6500 XT, and handily outperforms a GTX 1650. So you'd think, man, this is this is really good. I mean, if the price is right, and if you actually look at gaming results, it's consistently behind the 6400 and 1650. So this Uh-oh. seems to be extremely heavily optimized to do well in specific synthetic benchmarks. I don't know. Hmm. I think it's the opposite. I think it's the the software has not been optimized to play games. I think it's just it can it, it's probably just as good at running standard computations as any other card or better. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can you can optimize your 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 drivers and your data replacements for benchmarks really really heavily to give yourself a nice um, boost. But you can't do that in terms of software, at least Intel can at the time, um, for every game out there. I mean, they can mm-hmm. they can focus on some you know pretty big ones, but you're only going to get so much. I mean, you know, replacement shaders are essentially why we have 750 megabyte 
drivers that you download. So I don't know. It's not a uh, it's not a great beginning for them, but if it costs competitively, then it's okay. It's WCCF Tech earlier tonight. Let me pull them up because they had some sort of exclusive. I think that what they got was the reviewer's guide. So they they cited the same benchmarks that Video Cards has, but then when it says official benchmarks, it's because they're screenshotting the reviewer's guide. Reviewer's guides, if you're not familiar, always have expected performance in them. So here's Intel's reviewer's guide screenshot here with the A380 compared to the A370M. And then they have some performance numbers. Let's see. So yeah, games. 1080p gaming, this is from the reviewer's guide. They claim that in, say, control, at the same settings, the A380 was getting 67 frames per second, while a 1650 was getting 75, and a 6400 was getting 72. So actually, this is kind of echoing the same thing. Battlefield 5, again, behind both of those cards. Uh, Hitman 3, behind both of those cards. PUBG, significantly behind. So, yeah, there's a couple of instances, like, allegedly in Naraka Blade Point. It was getting 2 to uh, 6 FPS higher than the competition. Ooh. But, by and large, it is slower than a 6400 and a 1650, even in Intel Intel's reviewer's guide. Yeah, that's not a high-end mm. chip. Mm. Not a high-end card. It's, nope. it's time It's time has come and gone. It was needed during mm. the mining crisis, and now it's not really needed. It's because it will be soon the time of the battle mage. Mm. Okay. And they actually do pretend to care. Is it is it the right moment to say GPU prices are almost reasonable? No. Oh, they're... Why not? Go ahead, Josh. Go ahead, Josh. We can argue about this. I think they're way overpriced across the board. I think you should not buy GPU. Do not support. Because here's the thing. There's a glut of GPUs out there now. They're just in stock, add to cart, buy it now. Yep. And there's still... Okay, just consider. And we'll talk about this later because I did a review of a 3050 Mm -hmm. recently. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I talked to the MSI rep... And I mm-hmm. said, you know, only thing about this card really is it's $20 less than a 3060 right now. You can get an MSI 3060 for 379 a new egg right now. And MSI you, you is selling my 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 pick, didn't you? No, I'm, I just I did a bunch of no. research for this review. Sure you did. So the the 3050 from MSI that I reviewed is 359. Why on earth yeah, would you get a 3050? Well, you get a 3060 for $20 more. And then, even mm-hmm. worse, right now at Best Buy, my pick last week was the XFX RX 6600 XT for 359 which is still 359 and in stock at BestBuy.com. You can just order it, deliver it. It's not in-store only or anything. So for the same price as a 3050 you can get a 6600 XT, which is a significantly faster card across the board. Mm. So you're so. arguing that they're overpriced by showing cards that are not overpriced as compared to one overpriced card. No, if you Damn look, you and your logic. If you look at uh, the in-stock cards, the stuff at like the $200 range is still your 6500 XT. I don't know. It depends on if you want a card or not. I just I look and see things like sale $999 for the 6900 XT. Like, yeah. And, I mean that's No, the but MSRP. there was one that was uh 700 
under seven fifty for a sixty nine hundred XT nice. today. Okay, that is a good deal. Should yeah. I go grab one for eight ninety nine? No. Yeah, it's no. pretty good, no. but not amazing. No, no. Let me see what other ones are there. It's been ten percent off. It's been two years. Mm-hmm. You know, Newegg yeah. had a sale today, and I mean, their sale was. 3080, 12 gigs for under MSRP. You can get 3090s for $400 under MSRP. Yeah, look, but 30, MSRP on the 3090 okay. is insane. Yeah, but look, you even get another $150 off. It's still overpriced. I, mean, it's, it's, I, I, I still wouldn't buy one, but that 3050 is too expensive. That one's too expensive. That's 6500 XT for 199 That's fair. That, unfortunately, yes, that's the that's where we are. We're to the point where the best deal going for a affordable graphics card is still the 6500 XT, even though we have widespread availability of GPUs now. Yeah, I don't know. They're they're drifting downward. 3060 for 379 is a fairly compelling product. I say we revisit this in about a month. I think yeah, we're going to see different. additional Look at this. There's that Speedster Swift 210 6600 XT. It's the same deal as Best Buy now. So 359 mm-hmm. for that card. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best deal going right now in the three dollars to $400 range. Because unless you're doing ray tracing, it is faster than a 3060 quite often. But less memory. But yeah, but you yeah. don't need more memory. Why would you need more memory? Unless you're playing Crisis GPU 6. like this. Then you wouldn't. Okay, six, you're going to be GPU bound before you run out of RAM in the three to four hundred dollar <laughs> range. Yeah, but it'd be even worse if I ran out of RAM. <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> hey, I just got a. Uh, yesterday, I just got an EVGA Q update on the. They don't have a Q anymore. That's the, the update. No, they, I know. Yeah. That was the update. It, yeah, it was like eh, you know what the the up the card that you wanted. It was a thirty eighty non back. Josh, you bought the back one. Okay. 3080 non back. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, they never had it in stock. So I never got an update. Bas- they basically said, eh, we're probably not going to get that. We have other st- we have stock on other cards. Go buy one of those. That was kind of the mm-hmm. message. We have to pay our respects to the non pro AMD Threadripper. It's no more. AMD has put a nail in the coffin or uh, the final nail. In the coffin, I guess, because it had been a while. It's been since what 2019 since they released the Threadripper 3000 series, and we had the Threadripper Pro, which were a Lenovo exclusive, but they're getting widespread availability. I think by next month, I saw Josh had retweeted Falcon Northwest is going to be offering Threadripper Pro workstations, yep. so they'll be sending them to system integrators as well. It just brought back old memories of IBM, you know, just sort of saying we're the only ones allowed to sell this. Yeah, exactly. This is Lenovo, the next IBM. Wait, no, they bought the IBM computer. Yeah, they bought <laughs> the hardware part off IBM. Apparently, some of the philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Threadripper's Pro Future is a more expensive one, writes the register. What AMD didn't say is that the Threadripper Pro CPUs and accompanying parts are more expensive than the non-pro versions. They were more enjoyed among the consumer sets. They're simplifying the platform, AMD said. I thought they was really, really saying we're not, we're not wasting wafer space on this non-pro thing anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, if you can sell yeah. the same product okay. for more with some more features enabled, exactly. why not? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the 30... I don't think I don't think their workstation stuff has been selling as well as they were probably hoping, and especially back before we got um, you know the chiplet Zen two and Zen threes, which you know could get up to 
16 cores, 32 threads. I think that took over a lot of the workstation, workstation space that the Threadripper originally was dominating with their, you know, you have all these lanes of PCIe and, and memory channels and all these cores and threads. Um, I think demand for that has, has dropped fairly dramatically for them. It's still an okay sector for them because margins are still good, but yeah, I don't, I don't think that it is the moneymaker it was when uh, they first introduced it. And it was, you know, a very cost effective, high core count, high thread count, high PCI lanes uh, implementation. And now we've got, uh, now we've got, you know, pretty darn good uh, 5950s out there that, that, that takes up that space. Well, this article right here is the overarching question, isn't it, Josh? Where is HEDT nowadays? Consumer desktop CPUs have basically become HEDT at the yeah. high end. And there they, you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it's a it's a it's a great product. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's pricey, and yeah. uh, I mean, people are probably looking. It's like you know, why don't I just get an Epic based server instead of this? We heard about PCI Express 6.0 recently. They're already on to seven. And by the way, uh, tonight you heard it first. I am announcing PCI Express 8.0. Just double all the numbers <gasps> from 7.0. Perfect. You so madman. They have a graph. No, 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 no. I think you're wrong. They're they're going to revive microchannel. And you think I'm joking. Okay, I might be joking. They're going from 16 gigabytes per second to 32 gigabytes per second from 6 to 7. Per so line. naturally, That's nuts. 64 gigabytes per second will be the uh, 8.0 standard. I saw this and immediately yeah, but thought... It's, it's the, okay, the specification yeah. itself yeah. will be released yes. in 2025. That's three years from now. So we'll see an actual implementation in like 2026, 2027. Where it'll be PCIe 11. How much bandwidth do we need? Let's spice things up with some rumors. AMD oh. Navi 3X with even more cores than Navi 31, all based on rumors, of course, rumored specs about things. This is something that would potentially have up to 16,384 shaders. How many shaders do we need? I'm sorry, I was a callback. <laughs> so if we look at the rumored specs for Navi 31, that's RDNA 3, multi-chip module with 12,288 stream processors, 24 gigs of GDDR, GDDR6, 384-bit memory interface, a lot of memory bandwidth 18 gigabit per second memory would get you 864 gigabytes per second whoa 384 megabytes of infinity cache it's a gen 5 product whoa oh. q3 I, 2022 really i don't know if i really see really? that happening really they said this year they said end of this yeah. year we'd have multi-chip <sighs> rdna3 we okay. talked about this last week in regards to how much that's going to be dependent on the driver and the software and Oh, how fantastic! Yeah, that needs to yeah. Be. I have a lot more faith in AMD than I do in Intel with graphics drivers. But. <laughs> I, well, you know what? Look how well they did with the Infinity Fabric with the Ryzen three thousand series and the five thousand series. And I mean, but it's going to be a lot of that same. I know it's a CPU, but yeah, it's different. They it's can. Different. It'll probably be on an interposer rather than, um, you know, an, an organic pin grid array like they have with the uh, Ryzen. So you're going to get well, faster hardware. infinity. What? That's the hardware. I was thinking about the instructions, but please continue. It's it's going to look like a monolithic die to the driver. Mm-hmm. 
the way they have it set up. So true. I don't think they're, they're going to care. Yeah. I don't think it's it's going to it's not going to try to do you know a crossfire type thing. Uh, it's just going to look like a monolithic core with the way they do dispatch, memory access, all of that stuff. I'm still picturing whether or not we're going to see these by the end of the year. Yeah, I'm still, Q3, I, I, maybe Q4. Q3 seems awful fast for nobody having kind of laid eyes. And nobody really has laid eyes on the NVIDIA stuff either, which is supposedly mm-hmm. Q3 and a Q3. But again, I, I don't. I don't know. We may see some some paper launch announcements. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I, um, supply chain, man. I'll just I'll just lean on supply chain and wait for orders and think that it's all bad. I don't know. We'll see. In our next story, Jeremy will attempt to explain USB four and Thunderbolt four and their differences. Yep, that's them. Okay, okay so. Uh, it's it. This is just bar- barely scratched the surface because uh, USB certifications are usually insanely long and complex. But for the the really big things is that we're going to see a doubling of the. It'll be a proper twenty gigabits a second. So on USB four, now Thunderbolt four is going to double that. It's actually going to be able to peak at forty, as long as you've got the proper cord and you're staying within the the proper length, which is two meters or less. Any longer than that, it's going to drop down to twenty gigabits. So it's going to be just like USB four in that way. Uh, the other thing is that it's able to uh, it needs to have fifteen watts provided to it, whereas USB four is still happy with seven and a half, which is you know nice, still a jump up, but you can sort of understand it. The big thing, uh, and it gets really bizarre because like Intel's Maple Ridge Thunderbolt 4 controller um, isn't marketed as USB 4 compliant, but it is compatible and some of their other SOC are actually certified. So they can do Thunderbolt 4, but they're not technically USB 4, even though they might be. The Asmedia controller that everyone's expecting to be like the number one USB 4 controller, well, it's not even on the certified list yet you need a port to plug it into. Uh, but there's one trick that USB 4 can do. Now, it doesn't need to do this in order to be uh, certified, but it is capable of doing PCIe tunneling. Now, that's a trick that only Thunderbolt could do before, where it's taking all of the instructions, aggregating them into one uh, signal, firing it off, and then when it hits the end, only the appropriate data is decrypted, and away it goes. Before, if you tried running a especially display over USB, what you found was that it would grab several of the wires uh, and at certain higher resolutions, it would grab four of the wires. So your USB three is actually giving a data transfer about a 2.0 speed. Whereas with USB four, if it's one of the controllers that handles PCIe tunneling, because not all of them will, you'll be able to run a display and everything else at full speed. You won't see the stuttering that you would if the display is getting choked off because of course it's the one you're going to notice as opposed to the USB drive speed stuttering, which you don't notice at all. You're definitely going to notice that on your screen. Now, as far as backwards compatibility goes, they've said, you know what? Uh, We're just sort of going back to about USB three. If you plug a USB two in, it's probably not going to work. And, you know, honestly, that's that's fair. 
you do eventually have to sort of get rid of some of them. Besides, every motherboard has got a couple of the legacies sitting back and, you know, unused on the back of your motherboard. And, of course, you get into the fun parts of, yeah, these should be USB-C, but in theory, it is possible to do it with the other wiring, but then maybe not, because that's where it starts to get very technical and you know i'm starting to fall asleep because i've been reading five pages about the usb spec at this point (laughs) what about power how does how does it set itself apart as far as power delivery so uh usb 3 was uh essentially needed four and a half watt and could do depending on what you're doing the the super fast charging usb 4 device is going to suck at least seven and a half watts so i mean it's going to pull more power uh as far as what the spec allows for maximum power delivery. I honestly do not remember, but it's probably like a hundred Watts or so. Yeah. It says it appears that most USB four cables are rated for at least 100 Watts, but then there's a yeah. section called cable quality matters. So of course, yeah, because this is where it starts to get. So now you've got certified USB cords, uh, including a USB type C 240 watt cable. Which can you imagine sounds, the you webcam know, that you could, you could, you could power with that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> with the ring light and it awesome. connected to it yeah yeah oh, gosh you could string eight of them together why not but d- don't yeah. cheap out on the cables when you do that don't buy no name no. cables for your 240 watts of usb power but wait there's another one called usb charger 240 watts why why do they do this there's one that's certified usb 240 and then certified usb charger 240 with a separate oh, logo you save the best for last here because what is the speed that they're rating on the uh, certified USB 4 40 gigabits? Uh, so it's not 20. 40 gigabit? Yeah. So it's not actually 20, which is what the spec is rated for officially. But there are certain things, certain scenarios where it can match the same speed as Thunderbolt. Unless it can't. Wait, so if you're using so if you a think- premium enough cable, then you can get 40? And a premium enough plug... And probably a premium enough device on the end, then yes, probably. Okay. So if you hope that USB was going to get more simple with the release of USB 4.0, you were dreaming, my friends. Hold on. Something less obvious they're unaware of until they start asking you around, says in the article. This is at Tech Power Up. You shouldn't throw away your old USB-C cables. They might actually work better with USB 4. This sounds utterly mad at first. But the USB-IF has changed what is known as the link or loss budget for USB-C cables. Oh, boy. Yes. Like, I, I just kept go reading, and I'm like, you know what? I give up. I'm just going to put the big bullet points in because this gets so confusing. AMD is about to change the game once again, according to AMD. They have a little site up called Meet the New AMD Socket AM5 Platform. AMD is going to walk you through AM5. The most lanes available in the industry, PCIe 5.0. Next-gen mm-hmm. connectivity. Probably using Intel Wi- chips still. Wi-Fi 6. Did e- they buy somebody for this? Didn't they buy somebody for this, though? It's not Intel chips. Are, are they still? They were going to do a collaboration no? with Qualcomm, I thought. But they're mm-hmm. a lot of the boards, I think, are still using Intel. Yeah. Mm. Well, they do technically have one. Right. Now, this, on the other hand... This is coming soon in like August, September timeframe. And we're pretty sure about that. We're already seeing the boards. Yeah. Not for sale, but we're seeing them. Jeremy, your, uh, your take on your article actually said, this is not the end of AM4. What did you mean by that? 
Oh, uh, well, so AMD has very much been saying that we're going to definitely continue to keep pushing updates for AM4. And I would be honestly shocked if there weren't a few more uh, AM4-based motherboards sitting ready to be released and then they got stuck somewhere and now Biostar or Asus or whoever is stuck with them. And it's like, hey, yeah, I know that the 570 is the newest, but we've got some new 570s for you to buy. They can do neat tricks. You know, well, from AMD. Got, oh, sorry, Josh, go ahead. When you've got a uh, 5900X selling for under 400 bucks, that's still a pretty good processor and a pretty good upgrade for a lot of people. And I can see the AM Feeboring 4 being popular for people that still have lots of daughter cards. Because if you'll notice on a lot of the boards that they show off, they've sort of gone with, you know, two PCIe 5.0 slots. There you go. That's all you need. What else are you going to do with the damn things? Which mm-hmm. is totally and completely fair. Consider this. According to a WCCF Tech rumor from a few days ago, AMD might be considering Zen 4 desktop CPUs with DDR4 compatibility for existing AM4 what? motherboards. Is this just too good what? to be? Doesn't out? make sense. Doesn't this make is any a bridge sense. too far. Bridge too far. <laughs> According to an AMD CPU reseller, says Graymon55, also the source of, I think, the last room we looked at, AMD plans to have AM4 DDR4-compatible Zen 4 products, but it's just a plan. Not sure if it will be available. I think it's over. I think AM4 is over. It's just wishful thinking. All right, it's moving away from hardware to the beautiful world of antiquated software. I love this. Adobe, this was like... It's hot. Adobe is the devil. Oh, Adobe, Adobe, yeah, you remember yeah, when Adobe Acrobat used to be like the biggest security risk on any machine it was installed on? <laughs> well, I got news for you. <laughs> they have implemented CEF in some sort of a way that apparently uh, antivirus programs scanning PDF files can crash their executables that are always running in the background but don't actually need to be. Uh well, unless you ask Adobe, in which case, of course, both of those executables always have to be running. So what the damn program does now and why it should even have the permission to do this is to scan your system for 30 different uh, security tools from, you know, such silly vendors as McAfee and uh, a, a huge list of them. And so it looks because it needs to see if any of those are installed on your system, because if they are, the way that an antivirus does the DLL injection to check whether your PDF is about to do anything a little strange or not, well, since that interferes with Adobe's executables, they're now scanning and then blocking the ability of your antivirus to do the DLL injection it needs to be able to do to scan it so that you can open that PDF without having it been scanned at all whatsoever. Wow, that doesn't sound like a problem. Well, not for Adobe. Makes perfect sense to them. <laughs> <laughs> I can so, see yeah, why you were laughing. Reader, I, th- this, w- this was an argument during my day job. And it's like, look, I've been giving you reasons to get rid of this for something else for forever. And, well, this is, here's the new fresh milk. <laughs> Apparently it doesn't block CrowdStrike, so they're not too concerned. <sighs> Mm. Trend Micro, all them, yeah, totally blocked. So, 
I guess so the good it's thing time is, to move to Kovacs, right? That's the other PDF guy. Or Nitro does one. Uh, Nuance. Uh, well, Nuance is Kovac. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. I, they keep changing their name. I never remember which one it is now. They got bought up. Yeah. I just use so Chrome yeah, just don't... to open PDFs now. Well, yeah, because that's the other funny thing is that the, the CEX Chromium X, uh, architecture that they use is used in stuff like Steam, Facebook Messenger, uh, I think Amazon Web Services uses it. Stuff None nobody uses. These people have issues with this. Just Adobe. Hmm. Just Adobe. And I've hated un- their nece- necessary software for so long. It's not necessary anymore. It it sort of is for the for the crowd that uses it because it's kind of like a, a, a the the specialized handshake to say I'm giving this to you in Adobe some Adobe format and that was kind of like the ex- medium of exchange like Word like the Word format you know kind of was yeah you just fox it at home another uplifting story in our security <laughs> corner For using older vulnerable Cisco small business routers throw them out because there's a severe security flaw and it won't be fixed and it's your fault. Uh, this- this was actually two flaws, right, Jeremy? This was one. That yeah. was, uh, <laughs> this was one that you could only exercise if they had LDAP turned on, which isn't all. It isn't not not every environment is going to have LDAP. Many do, but not all of them do. Uh, that was one variant uh, of it, but the other one was even more dastardly. Do you have Do you have the info on that one? Hmm. Let's see. Scrolling. <sighs> Well, this one was the was with the web management interface and a a deliciously and finely crafted uh, message to the web management interface um, URL would result in uh, total pwnage and allow you to have root privileges on the device and pretty much have your way with it and and do whatever you wanted with the traffic flowing through it and grabbing it and you know doing whatever you thought was you necessary know, and it's not this one is not going to be patched. I'm I'm half tempted to uh, get my my first D-Link router with the 10 megabit port <laughs> on it and plug it in and see what happens. You might be entirely safe or completely pwned within minutes. One of the mm. two. There is no in between. <laughs> no, there is no in between. So yeah, the uh, an attacker could uh, quoting here, an attacker could exploit this vulnerability by sending a crafted request to the web management interface. Successful es- exploit could allow the attacker to execute arbitrary commands in the affected device, stop and restart, cause a denial of service, and they're disclosing that the these slews of vulnerabilities will not be fixed in any any time. So just check that, take that piece of hardware and just throw it. It's far away from Wouldn't the that be a 10 out of 10? This is only a 9.8 out of 10. The only oh, yeah. both no, of them are 9.8s. Oh, okay. You got to get a skip it across the lake. I okay. mean, be original. Please sink it in a deep pond or lake. Either one, pond or pond or lake. Uplifting. I don't weigh enough to be used as a cannonball for fishing, unfortunately. But no, unfortunately, no. Oh, um, and the there are some part numbers to this. We should probably read those out. Uh, this is the RV110W, RV130. And 130W and 215W. So if you have any of those, lose them. Now Jeremy's going to tell us about two games from Slytherin. And I don't mean the house. 
I mean, the developer. I guess it is a house, but it's a development house and not a... Could be Slytherine, too. There is an E on the end. Oh, okay. Uh, honestly, I don't know which came first. I would almost expect Slytherine did, though. They've been doing this for a while. But they haven't been able to get much in the way of, uh, you know, relatively big names for their games. So they've been designing their own sort of stuff. But they recently did really good stuff with uh, Warhammer 40K and getting them to license, give up a bit of a license is an impressive feat in and of itself. Games Workshop are, you know, pretty much evil on the face of the earth. Uh, but they also got Starship Troopers, not the Highline novel, the, the movie. So if you're expecting some questionable civics lessons and interesting takes on society, no, you're getting the cheesy let's kill all the bugs one. So hmm. if you didn't like that movie, you're going to hate this game. And there's no hey, skin. I, liked it. I, was, I was an extra. <laughs> <laughs> I ran around Hell's Half Acre in Wyoming in, in uh Starship Trooper uh, Trooper outfit and had a foam gun was, that I waved around. You sound vaguely like you're actually serious about no, this. I, I believe you. No, no I, it was totally I really that way. Yeah. yeah. Were you paid My, for this or no? My, my estimation of Josh just went up. Plus just two. went up. It is, as if it couldn't get any higher. My estimation of Josh yeah. just went yeah. up higher. <laughs> but the, the the I mean, you never really saw me very much. I mean, if if you squinted really hard in the HD version, uh, when they're all running towards the brain bug, I'm I'm very far out group that uh, I run in and then I kneel and take off my helmet. And see, That'd sadly, be, that scene is only in the HD DVD version, not the Blu-ray. So you need to get yeah, an HD DVD know. player and that because <laughs> it, was, it was in the interlacing. It was lost because of the uh, the 1080i signal versus just, 1080p. Just, it was, Josh was two scan lines tall. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that just sort of wiped him out. Sorry to say. So if you want to be like Josh and be a Starship Trooper, uh, it's it's kind of fun. Uh, it's it's really quickly paced, and like the, the cutscenes because Slytherin, you know, they spend more on the game itself. Scroll down. We'll do medieval second, okay? Because uh, probably people care less about it, unfortunately. Uh, and, but it, it's they're cheesy. It's got the scan lines. All of the the little cutscenes have scan lines and are you know they're, they're they're static images that move across the screen. And they capture just like the voiceovers as it's saying us rocket troopers with their deadly payload. And it's like, it's ridiculous. It's over the top. The voice actor they got doing it almost pulled it off, but not quite. He's just, he doesn't have quite the same ridiculous new it as the movie does. So you can get a little bit annoying. So it's your normal rear TS one, no base building. Uh, the most that you'll do is take over uh, or reclaim an area from the bugs and get some supply points so you can bring a couple more troops down and they might force you to drop a building so that you can build those troops. The only reason is because if you're off somewhere else on the map and the bugs come and wipe out the base, well, you got to go back and just drop it again. It doesn't cost you any money. You're not mining anything. You're just shooting and killing bugs. Except now if you look at this screenshot here, the one back there, there's an inverted triangle above uh, the trooper's heads there. Now that gives you experience level. So he's got two dots. So he's about to become level three, at which point he'll either learn how to throw a grenade with an explosion radius larger than he can throw it. Uh, good for killing bugs, but don't stand near where you threw it. Or a shotgun, 
It'll take out a whole bunch. But the bottom part where you see a little green circle, there are lines of fire in this game. If you were to stack those guys behind each other, only the front line would fire. The second line knows friendly fire is not and will refuse to shoot. So you have to spread out and make sure you got clean lines of fire, which is also exactly what the bugs want because they want to lace clear run at you. <laughs> so you start out with the, the, the mobile infantry is normal. Uh, you drop, pick up engineers at some point, which have uh, short range flamethrowers, which are really effective, but can also drop uh, a heavy machine gun post. And so you drop that down, it defends your bases and stuff. But if you've pushed on, each engineer can build one, but you can always go back, delete it, and then build it somewhere else. And uh, as you get new spitter bugs, you, you end up having to need uh, sniper troops, which sort of hand behind it. There's leader troops, which can sort of stand behind and shoot through people, mostly, I think, because they don't care whether they hit the plebs or not, uh, but uh, can morale boost and such. So it's very similar to the StarCraft RTS sort of thing, but with some interesting differences that make it a little less frantic. It's not about how many times you can click in a second. It's more about, you know, are you actually smart enough to sort of push out and, you know, take territory and realize that you're going to lose the stuff behind you and plan for that. They do eventually seem to pick up powered armor and some interesting mech-like things, but that also means the bugs are a hell of a lot tougher and stronger. Yeah, and like drop plasma on you because they're upset. Like that big <laughs> machine gun guy right there. If you don't move him, he will immediately die because that's where a plasma bug's blast is going to hit. And it will kill just anything. These things take out starships. So it's fun. It's quick. Uh, I didn't finish it, but I don't think it's going to take you a lot of time to do it because the missions are pretty quick. You're not stuck, you know, building up a base for half an hour, 45 minutes, and then losing it all because you mistimed a couple of clicks. It's, it's a little more flow. You get some chance to hold some spots, build up some reinforcements again, and go out. So, I mean, it's about 30 bucks. So, basically, uh, it's not Frostpunk. No. Hmm. No, it's, it's sort of the opposite of Frostpunk in ways. For one thing, like you don't feel guilty if anyone dies at all. <laughs> That's good. Frostpunk, you might. Now, the one I had more fun with uh, was Field of Glory 2. Now, they, they've done a few Field of Glory 2s. Uh, this is specifically the medieval one, which came out like five or six years ago, but they've been pumping out DLCs for it. So whereas originally it only went up to like the 12, 1300s, they've pushed it all the way up into the 15th century where you're dealing with uh, the advent of gunpowder troops and uh, the Swiss and their bloody pikes and halberds. It's very much a tabletop game. colored mm -hmm. uniforms. Oh, they do have jauntily colored uniforms, but it's very much a tabletop war game. So without having to own miniatures or clean up afterwards, uh, <laughs> things move very slowly. Uh, there are terrain is a huge thing where, yeah, it's, you can hide stuff in it. Like the, the question marks that you're seeing there means that, you know, I'm not close enough to be able to know if there's any troops hiding in there or not. But the thing is that, a bit of a marsh can disrupt uh, a phalanx of heavily armored pikemen just as much as a getting charged in the back by a bunch of winged hussars, right? They just literally cannot maintain cohesion trying to sludge through a swamp. Same thing going up and down a hill. So the terrain is more about, is not just about elevation and such. It's, it's literally, there are some troops that you want them to live in the marsh. If you're a late crossbowman and you get out of the marsh, something's going to step on you and you're not coming home on the shield or otherwise. 
uh, if you're a knight and you've got a wonderful charge, but that last square is uh, broken terrain, you're not going to get the charge because, well, your horse is pulled up and refused to finish the charge. Uh, if you're heavy horse, if you're heavy uh, swordsman, don't hang out in the trees. You, you, pikemen or even peasants will kill you. And the, the, the victories for this, and of course everything is set up if you're familiar with uh, the way it's of the war games, it's not so much you have to slaughter everything on the field. It's that you have to get a certain amount of the enemy to rout. Because after after all the uh, people have routed from the field, your your nobles aren't going to stick around and fight on their own. They, they've got better things to do. So a lot of it is pushing and attacking people in certain ways because there's a, a check where essentially when you hit someone on a charge or a melee, there's a chance that they go from a steady troop to a disrupted troop. So disrupted troops, you know, they're, their Falnex is a little bit scattered, so they're taking some uh, penalties when they're fighting. You can then get fragmented, in which case, you know, not only can you not fight as effectively, you can't move as quickly if you manage to disengage, and the, the soldiers will flat out refuse to charge something. After that, well, you're sh shattered. Once you're broken routing, off you go. The whole idea is to get 40%, at least 40% of your enemy to route although it has to be at least 20% more than the number that you've lost. I mean, as I said there, tennis was a thing back in the Middle Ages, and that's sort of the score thing. So it's a hell of a lot of fun if you're into this sort of thing. It's really well thought out. Uh, they, they, Slytherin spends a lot of time explaining what each troop does, how they're effective in certain circumstances, and how they're not. They do it with a, an advantage, Uh mechanic which is in the game so you spike spearman really good on defensive not so great at charging unless you're a special one that can charge and once you get into melee you're stuck there uh, until either you break or they break or you can manage to hit them from enough other sides that uh they just collapse if either you like war games or you don't if you do this was well done uh, again, the base game is 30 bucks. Uh, each of the DLCs is 15, but right now you can get all of them for about 80. And the nice thing about the DLCs is it's not just, you know, several hundred different troops, uh, both from existing civilizations, but further into the future, there's entire campaigns. If you want to go on the fourth crusade, that's one of the campaigns. If you want to be dealing with, the uh, the huge Swiss Bavarian uprising, that's another one of the campaigns. Um, if, if you feel like sal being Saladin and you know, trying to reclaim uh, the Spanish Peninsula, go for it. That, those are one of the campaigns. So there's a lot of fun. Some good uh, replayability in that. And if you're really silly, one of the things I did was there's a, a time warp where you can just sort of pick any army and put it against any army. So I picked some Swedes from the 1500s with uh, some rudimentary handguns and some serious crossbow and uh, axe infantry and put them up against the Roman legions. And well, Rome's tough, but they ain't that tough. I feel like we don't have to talk about this graphics card because we did earlier. Uh, there's the MSI card I reviewed, which is physically identical to the last, let's see, it was the Radeon RX 6600 XT gaming X that had this exact shroud, like one other pair of cards I can't tell apart here. But uh, obviously... Lower performance than the 6600 XT. So you can see in a game like Metro Exodus, where the 3050 
is almost identical to a 1660 Super. Ooh. To the, Super. To the tenth of a FPS on average <laughs> across three runs. And then you have a 3060, which is pretty far ahead in this game anyway, and then a 6600 XT, which is at the very top. And that's pretty much how it was the whole thing. Like, the top three cards don't change. The top four cards don't change. And you have the 1660 Super just behind the 3050 all the time. Oh, and if anybody cares, Power Draw is just a little bit lower than a 1660 Super. So you're getting a frame or two better for about six watts less. What's not mm. to love? Two years oh, later. That's all that scores, man. Yeah, I guess. Temps were great. I mean, it's such a big cooler. It's the same cooler as their 6600 XT, and it's being slapped on a 3050. So I was getting a maximum of 63C on the core in a 22.4C room. And the hot spot was 75.3. And that's when I did like an hour-long gaming test, I think. That's super low. Very, very low, yes. So, But again, the problem is just pricing right now. Like this is 359. Well, so is a 6600 XT right now. So is... I mean, look at just the comparison of cards on Newegg from Ooh. in this price Ouch. range. A 3050, the cheapest one at this time was 329 which is a better deal, honestly, than this one, because the XC Gaming is a little, is an overclock card and has almost identical performance. And then you have a 3060 for $20 more. And then for the same $20 more, you had a 6600 XT after promo code. But again, those are down to 359 now. So it's just it's just weird. Three to $400 range graphics cards are weird right now. It's going to improve. It was like the $200 range a couple of years ago. It was just, you know, 150 to 300 was yeah, just such incremental dollar value. It was like for, $7 steps. Yeah, <laughs> that's bizarre. Yeah, somebody mentioned, it was uh, Al in the YouTube chat. It, if you need NVENC, if you need uh, the hardware encode, decode support, that's it. I don't know. That's 250 crap- is asking a lot, though. That's the crappy thing about it. I mentioned this at the beginning of the review. This just this is the state of entry level graphics right now. the The only thing that Nvidia offers lower than this is previous gen stuff. We're talking GTX 16 series, which was a companion to the RTX 20 series. Mm-hmm. We've had 30 series stuff for two years, and our entry level. They didn't do a GTX next gen. You, they still are leaning on 2019 parts and you have the 3050. That's your entry level and it's 329 and up. So what you're entry saying is level. it's really good that video cards aren't included in the inflation index. Let's move to picks of the week. Josh, get us started. Mm. All mm. right. So, you know, if you need a video card <clears throat> and obviously we have railed on this back and forth, I still think the MSI... RTX 3060 for 379 is a reasonable price. I mean, think about, you know, the Asus has an overclock 3060 for 479. And, you know, about a month ago, we thought that was a relatively good deal. But obviously, anymore, you get the better cooling from MSI. It's an overclock version, and it's 100 bucks less than that. And this is one of the least expensive 3060s that I've seen. And if you're doing basic gaming you've got plenty of memory you've got reasonable performance uh it's it's you know at 379 i would consider that a fairly good deal in a perfect world it would be much less 
but we're not living in a perfect world. I sense a trend here. Uh, Hmm. Yeah, we're not living in a perfect world, but if you want an even more powerful video card and you live in Canada, uh, this is essentially what they were released at when this was, this was essentially the MSRP that the uh, 3080 TIs were announced at, which was just under $1,400 Canadian. Uh, If it's a little too much for you, the non TI is a grand, but the uh, TI version is just, it's a pretty impressive card. And every reviewer I've seen that has tried to overclock it has been met with incredible success. They, they will go faster. You won't be able to pump the power up any because, well, it, it's already sucking enough power as it is. But you should be able to get a significant boost on the sustained clocks within game. And seeing it at essentially what it was supposed to be is nice. It's it's not a sale, but it's MSRP and it's yeah, it, it's MSRP. You can actually buy the thing. It's all over the place uh, across Canada. You can't get it online. Uh, that's one of the nice things about uh, Memory Express is that until they've got so much they don't know what to do with, they're no yeah. You you come down if you don't care enough to come down. Well, someone else can get it. It's kind of nice to see in an imperfect world. By the way, for our American viewers, that's just over a thousand dollars U.S., like a thousand fifty at current exchange rates for a thirty eighty Ti. Which what was the Ti down there? About nine fifty for the MSRP. I don't remember. I think it was around. A th- it, mm, it was around this. Ten ninety nine, maybe. Yeah. Sixty nine hundred XT is still, I think, a better deal unless you are ray tracing, in which case, obviously, the thirty eighty Ti. Is the sixty nine hundred XTs can be had for nine, yeah, eight ninety nine ish. All right. So yeah, please. Uh, Brett, deliver us from the GPU recommendations. Well, speaking of power and power draw, um, I'm oh having my. a little difficulty with power. So when you need a little bit more power in your life and you don't want to have to start up a generator, you just want to be able to run your laptop, charge your phones. One of these, and I picked this one because it was 240 watt hours versus other similar ones, which are in the 150 to 160 watt hours for about the same price. So 219 is actually a pretty good deal for something with 240 watt hours digital readout and a couple of USB ports. And you know what? With with a name like Jackery, it's got to be good. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So this is actually not only good for emergencies. It's good on the road. Take it camping. You can get a portable solar uh, recharging uh, kit for this thing. Not a a bad deal. And it's, it's not all that large, so it's easy to store, stow and bring along. And it's relevant because I've lost power several times today and it would have been nice to have that. Ding it for the, uh, not included solar panel. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, but I think they come in different capacities depending on which, uh, one you're trying to charge. Um, but this is a lot lower in that. This is the combo. So you can get both. So 219, so like 189. Does it have the stupid flashlight on it somewhere? I It better have the stupid flashlight Please, on it someplace. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. It can't be a rescue device without the flashlight. Wait, was, was I know. that Macaulay and Culkin? Yes. I yes, think it was. It was. <laughs> yes. yes. 
And it's better if the easy enough for a child to carry or bread. That's what he's doing. Can you just carry this for me? No, I can't do it. Uh, I don't see anything about a flashlight. Dad, Dad, I don't want to carry this anymore. Damn it, because I really wanted a blinking flashlight. Anyway, the, the the point is is that this is a very useful device, not just in power outages, but uh, you know, in other circumstances as well. And it's yes. it's nicely priced for what it is, and way easier than getting out a giant generator and hooking it up and gassing that and getting that going. It's a lot easier to grab one of these things and just turn it on. Gotcha. My pick this week is uh, blue balls, um, and hmm. it sounds unpleasant. I'm sure it is. But this actually ended up being a more pleasant than I thought it was going to be. Uh, and, of course, I'm referring to the Noodle Neon, which are available in wild colors, including this... Uh, I, okay, a blue golf ball? Are you kidding me? It's actually pretty easy to find. Because Think about this. Yellow used to be the high-visibility golf ball. but Orange used to be the high-visibility Well, if, if you're playing with like leaves and things on the ground... A lot of silver maples around, light. Well, those aren't yellow, but... And the pink ones were also easy oh. to find, and no one would ever take it from you. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my father-in-law gave me a sleeve of these, because he's always buying kind of odd stuff that he finds. It's his style. And my son's favorite color is blue, so I took my son golfing for the first time today, this morning. And he oh, played nice. with a noodle neon blue... And he didn't lose it. He played around the entire course with me. It's a nine-hole course without losing a single ball. That's impressive. Very impressive. I think he has natural talents once he learns how to aim because that concept, I'm like, no, look, your club face. And then he would aim even 40 feet more to the left. Like, no. And then he's aiming like onto the next fairway. Like, no. (laughs) Rotate. Maybe he's got a really good slice. Mm. No, when he when he makes contact, he was he chipped on to two different greens, and he actually almost made about a twenty five foot putt as well. So wow, I'm impressed. Yeah, we, we, don't, we won't that. count the forty shots from tee to green to get to that point, but uh, we now know your retirement plan. Yep, I don't know. I get don't know good if at I have. For else, kid, you get really good at it. I, I'm starting him late because you know Tiger started at like two, and he's six. But well, that's our show tonight. Thank you for tuning in, listening, watching, or both, or some combination of those things that I just said. Words fail me, but they keep coming out of my mouth anyway. Mm. And that's the the essence of podcasting. Just sound really like you meet me. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. You can just just dig just dig sound and fury signifying oh, nothing. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's important to you just throw in buzzwords if you don't know what to say. Nobody wants to hear you say um, so just throw in some buzzwords mm. like, mm. or just say like. Say what if like it's an artist? It'll get you promoted um, higher up on the YouTube recommendations. Just if be you really just negative. And, yeah, just say buzzwords, both positive and negative, for ten minutes, and you'll be much higher rated than us. One hot take after another. Gavin Thomas says, the show seemed pretty flawless today. What show are you watching, Gavin? 